0: Thank you worship team. It was really, really, really nice. Really enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to ask that just bear with me please. I was sitting here, um, as I was sitting here, I, my left eye started going crazy. That's usually <laughs> just what happens um, before a migraine comes. So if I slur or if I stay long on my notes, it's because I'm trying to give them to you nicely. Um, just if I misread something, it's because of my eye, not because I didn't read up and studied the context of the Bible for tonight. Okay, um, I'm going to dive straight into this evening's sermon. I really believe it's something that's for each and every one of us. Um, I'm trying to make this passage for tonight, sticking with the theme, denying yourself, as plain as simple as possible. Um, just so that we can understand it. In the last couple of weeks, I've been really reading a lot on this verse, and I've been reading a lot about it. Uh, Mark 8 chapter, uh, Mark 8 chap, sorry, Mark 8 verse 34 to 37. I'm going to read the first part out of the message, and then I'm going to dive straight into the easy-to-read version. And I just want to take it apart there and just share with you what I believe tonight. The Lord wants to speak to us. I love the words that came out earlier with regards to just where we're at. Maybe you feel like you're in a desert place. Have you, you feel like God has forgotten you. And tonight, the whole thing, this passage, just to give you a bit of background, is not about how do I go and make disciples, because that was one of Jesus' commands, right? Go and make disciples. This passage is how to be a disciple. How do I be Interesting. It's something we do. If, if I, I said to the guys in the pre-service prayer tonight, um, I could have just said, Jesus says it's plain and simple, follow me. And that's it. Go and read your Bible, follow Jesus, and you're a disciple. Go and be. But I, I want to unpack it a bit more for you tonight, so if you can bear with me. Let's close our eyes. Father, thank you that as we look into your word tonight, that you, you reveal yourself to us even more. That as we look into your word, that you will come and just speak to us as we discover new things about you and who you are and who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool, so here we go. Jesus said the following, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. That sounds really cool. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way. His way, he says. So when he said my way, it's not the it's, it's not company. Okay. It's his way. Cool. You got, you got that. Thank you. It's my way. What good, is, what good would it do? To get everything you want and lose you, the real you. What would you ever trade your soul for? If anyone of you are embarrassed over me and the way I'm leading you when you get around your fickle and unfocused friends, know that you'll be an even greater embarrassment to the Son of Man when He arrives in all His splendor of God his father, with an army of holy angels. Olivia said that in the week as I was preparing, she says it sounds so nice out of the message. <clears throat> but I want to go to the easy read version. version. It says it's a bit different again, and I want to unpack just some things, what I discovered as I was reading through it before I go into three simple steps of what I believe from this passage. There's much more that we can unpack out of the Bible, but just from this passage, three simple steps that will help us to be the disciple. Verse 34, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, We see here that Jesus is calling us. He's calling you and me. He called the whole crowd, including his disciples. One of my giftings when it comes to the those gifting things they do and your, your you know, um, strength finders, thank you, is to include. Olivia says, I'm always like a taxi. There's room for more, always. So, but <laughs> that's what Jesus did, isn't it? He called everybody. He called the whole crowd and his disciples to him. And he says, whoever, isn't that amazing? Whoever wants to be my disciple. He says, Everybody, whoever wants to be my disciple, which means everybody in this room. But now, here's the nice thing, how God works. He's given us free will to decide, do I want to do this? Whoever wants to be my disciple. For us right now, I think as we sit here tonight, it's a no-brainer. I want to be God's disciple. I want to be a follower of Jesus. But he says, whoever wants to be my disciple. So it's an, it's an open invitation But then he says, must deny themselves. And that's an instruction. If I want to be God's disciple, I need to deny myself. And that's an instruction from him. Take up the cross and follow me. That's an action. And I want to ask tonight, what is your cross? What is your cross that you need to take up and follow God? I hope that in this sermon that I'll answer a lot of those questions Take up your cross and follow me. That's an action. That's something that we need to do. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. There's a reward for you right there. If I want to gain a lot in this world and in life and in eternity, I need to lose myself for the gospel. Because when I lose myself for the gospel, I save myself. Isn't that a reward of note? What good is it it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. This is Jesus that said this. Don't lose your soul. We actually see in this passage that we have nothing and that Jesus is everything. And that's where I want to start tonight. So from here, just to give you a bit of context from this, this passage, Mark 8. Just prior to this passage, Jesus was at um, this one place where he healed a guy. So in this passage, you will read in this chapter, Jesus healed a person. In this, previously in this, this passage... Peter actually revealed when Jesus said, Who do you say I am? Peter said, You're the Messiah. The Holy Spirit, through Peter, gave him the revelation. And he revealed and he says, But you are the Messiah. These are the things that happened. But then, I almost want to say, Jesus throws the bomb right there in the midst of them. And he says, I'm going to the cross. Whoever wants to join me must pick up their cross. And I can promise you a cross for the disciples in those days had a very different meaning for them than what it has for us tonight. You see, with the cross, people were crucified on it. It was a horrible, horrible way to die. It was something, I think, that, you know, when, you know, when things happen, um, bringing it into modern days, and there's something that's very horrible, you don't actually want to talk about it, and you're like, you know, you speak softly about something because it's actually such a big thing. And yet Jesus says he's going to the cross. And if you want to follow him, you need to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him. So Jesus called the multitudes together. He said this to them. And from this, I want to go into three steps of what it means to be a disciple, to be a follower of Christ. The question that came to mind is, can you be a Christian and not be a disciple? Before you answer that for yourself, we're going to go through this passage. And um, we're we're going to go into these three steps. And I hope that through this, I will answer your question for you. First step, when it comes to being a disciple, deny yourself. Step one, deny yourself. Not your humanity. Not your humanity. This deny that he's speaking of here is the same deny that when Peter was standing amongst the people at the fire as Jesus was taken to be beaten up and on the way to the cross, people asked him, aren't you a guy that was with the Messiah? He goes, no, not me, wasn't me. That deny. Little girl said, aren't you this guy? And he says, no, 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 not me. That deny to separate himself is the deny that Jesus is speaking of here. To deny yourself. It's not a self-denial. It's not denying yourself something, like some religions say, you need to deny this so that you can you know have eternal life or whatever or be a better person it's not denying yourself something no Jesus isn't concerned about something in your life he's concerned about what you are concerned about your spirit he's concerned about your heart that is what he's after not about your house your cars. I've sh- shared this before in the evening service with my boys. They're not here tonight. Funny story before I share what I, we shared. No, first share what I shared with them. We said to them coming down the, into our um, driveway once, we said going to heaven, what do you take with you? And they looked at us like all confused in the car because sometimes you ask funny stuff as, questions, as, as parents and your kids just look at you, especially teenagers, they get this blank face. You're like, what did I just say? And they're like, yeah, so you need to explain to them very well what you meant. At the end of the day, the point was we're taking nothing with us to heaven except everybody that's in this car. If we as a family accept Jesus as our King and Savior, because Jesus said, I'm the only way to the Father. So just something funny on the note, because I see you getting very quiet. As we were coming here tonight, Aiden is, he needs to stay at home. For those of you new, I've got a 15-year-old, I've got a 10-year-old. So um, yeah, you know, my 15-year-old, he needs to do studying and all these things. So he said, Can he stay at home? And my youngest one also said, I'm also staying home. And we're like, but you need to, you need, you know, you, uh, you, need, you, know, you know, be nice. Youngest one says, No, no, no. When you leave, I'm gonna pick the speaker on loud and I'm gonna listen to worship music. I'm like, I'm doing something right. <laughs> so that's really cool. Going to put the speaker on loud, listen to worship music. I hope the house is stand, standing and that uh, Uncle Rodney next door is not having too much problems with his hearing right now. So, yeah, so deny yourself. Short story. When it comes to denying yourself, I used to smoke a lot. My parents are in the auditorium, so they know I used to smoke a lot. So it's no, I don't hide away from it. I used to do it calumpies. Okay, so that's how it is. Hmm? Yeah, long, 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 sorry, not, not recently, <laughs> 1996, okay, long ago, you know, last cigarette was 96, but you'll hear the story now, okay, sorry, I smoked a lot, <laughs> thanks, Etienne. <laughs> what happened was, I started smoking when I was basically 14, and um, some days smoked two to three packets of cigarettes a day, depending on what part you're going to the night, so it was a lot, and I didn't, I didn't. Smoke because I think it was probably addiction as well, but I enjoyed it. And I came to a point in 1996, we were driving back from um, Porch. And in Porch, I'll never forget this Porch was quite significant for me. When I was 14, my parents took me to Porch, and there was a guy called Jeff Fennelt. He used to be the lead singer of Black Sabbath, and they had a crusade there, and I got born again there when I was 14. Now, interesting, a couple of years later, driving through Porch again, Porch of Sturm, if I say Porch, Porch of Sturm, there in the northwest, I um, were driving through there again, bought a packet of cigarettes, lit the first one. It wasn't very lit, but lit the first one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I lit the first one, and I thought to myself, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I need to stop this. This is wrong. And right there and then, I made a decision that I'm going to stop, and I had to deny myself in this. See, when I deny myself, I deny myself, and I come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And in that, I said, I cannot stop this, Lord. Please help me. And for those guys, I hope none of you are still smokers in here, but those guys who used to smoke, you would know that if you take a pair of cigarettes and you... Take the whole packet and you do this with it and you throw it in the dustbin and there's still 19 left in there. It was quite a waste of money. Um, firstly, and you think, but later, you know, I cannot even go and pick it up and smoke one again, you know, because they're all stickened. So, yeah, so that's what happened. But I, I realized then, and I can testify tonight, that when I come under the lordship of Jesus Christ and I want to be his disciple, I need to deny myself. It's not a denial of my humanity. It's a denial that Jesus Christ is now Lord in my life. And whatever in my life is not of him, I need to deny that. And I need to let go, renounce that to follow him full on. I hope I've not jumped into my next point right now. So yeah, deny yourself. That's the first step. Second step, take up your cross. Take up his cross. Like I said earlier, the disciples did not know what this means fully because they, they were thinking that the Messiah was coming and he's going you know, to really be the next king. He's going to rule and he's going to help them out of this thing with the Romans and be ruler over the world. They did not expect it to happen the way it did. But I want to go into a bit of the cross and what it was because people think the cross is a physical handicap, We think when we think of the cross, can I be honest with you, even me, when I think cross, I think two things. I see the picture where Jesus was walking with the cross in the movie towards where he was crucified. Secondly, I see Jesus hanging on the cross because that's what the Bible says. But when we think about the cross, it's not a physical handicap. Jesus also had handicaps on the cross. His handicaps were shame, humiliation demeaned, and it was a criminal's cross. And I want to encourage you tonight, and this point is very, this this was my wow when I was preparing this sermon because I realized, wow. I want to encourage you guys tonight that as we walk out here tonight that you mustn't think, I need to pick up this cross. This is going to be so difficult. Jesus said that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's the other way around. My burden is light, my yoke is easy to carry. Jesus said that. So here here it is. Even though the cross might bring out these things out of our lives, the cross brings out the evil inside of us. We need to welcome it. Why? Because it's good for you. When I welcome the cross in my life, the burdens, the shame, the things that it brings with and I deal with them with the right actions, it actually brings me closer to God. And that is what the cross means. That's what it means to take up your cross and follow Christ. To allow the cross, that what happened on the cross, to bring all these things. Because we all know we're not born holy. We've got a natural inclination to be a bit evil. No, my yeah. And if I embrace the cross and whatever the cross resembles in my life, what it brings up, it allows me to come closer to God. I wrote down here, it reduced me to a place where you are ready to receive the gift of God, His grace and His forgiveness. So when we lose at a sports game, what does it bring out for those who are very competitive? Or let's say you write an exam that you really studied for and you fail it still. I'm going to tell you his testimony about that just now. <clears throat> what does it bring out of you? Maybe you've lost a loved one or had a breakup in relationship. All of those things are the things that the cross can use to bring out things in us so that we can come closer to God. Interesting story. I've never shared this with this congregation before. I've only shared it with a few people. Um, it's quite close to my heart. So about a year and a half ago, Someone came to me, okay, just backtrack. I love sport. I really love CrossFit. I've said it before. I've said it in this service. So everybody knows I like my sport. So I would really like to also take things further in just, you know, studying and going into CrossFit and those type of things. So I was looking for about two, three years, I don't know how long it is, to look at the CrossFit Level 1 exam. So it's a course you do over a weekend. It's not small money. It's $1,000. So it's a lot of money when you come to think of it. And then you write this little exam, they say, and then you get your level one CrossFit training course. That little exam is not so easy. Um, for some people, they pass first time, but for me, it really isn't easy. And um, so someone said, listen, we failed to bless you to go write this exam. I'm like, mm, you only know me a couple of months. Do you know how it goes when I write exams? <laughs> um, to give you a bit of background, I, this is the vulnerable part. I cannot remember... If I have to think back, maybe grade five, where I know if I've written an exam or a test that I definitely passed. In my whole life, I cannot tell you I've written an exam and I've passed it. Just because of the way I'm put together. I can tell you about the book. I can tell you everything in the book. I can draw the pictures in the book. But when it comes to exam time and writing exams, something between reading the questions and writing the answers does not make sense to me. So, mm. but I've learned to work with it. I've got this friend called ADHD and I worked well with him. You know, he he works well with me and he helps my wife as well. She says, go to the shops, do this, this, and this. She gives me so many things to do. I get them all done in half the time because I just run with my friend. So anyway, so what happened was, so the first time I go and write this exam, I study before the time. They give us the test. I'm not joking. I know the guy that does the level training, the, the training, he came to me and he says, why are you shaking so much? I couldn't even... It's a monkey puzzle. I couldn't even fill in, you know, the color in that little dot. I was so scared. And as I wrote the test, a week later, got an email. It says CrossFit headquarters. It was the middle of the night. I just gave my phone to Olivia. She's lying in bed next to me. Whew, so glad about that. She could have been lying anywhere else. But she's my wife. She lies in bed next to me. So... I give her the telephone, and I say, I just got the email. She said, did you read it? I'm like, no, 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 you're going to read it, <laughs> you know? Funny enough, even when I, got my, when I was supposed to get my matric final exams, the, the scoring to say you've passed or not, I sent my dad to the school. I didn't drive to the school. I didn't want to look at the board. I didn't want to see, you know, if I failed or not. So I gave the phone to Olivia. Hmm? Oh, I did pass my trick. Sorry. Olivia said I did pass my trick. <laughs> God helped me. He really helped me. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm a testimony that God can help you in exams. But anyway, so here comes the CrossFit exam. Sorry, I'm reading the, uh, the, the, the story. So Olivia gets very quiet next to me, and I realize this is not good news, and it's something I wanted so desperately. And she says, it's not, it's not a pass. So I take the phone. And I see they don't even kush-kush around it. They just say, fail. And there's nothing like fail. So in the bed, there I was. And she says, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm okay. But I wasn't really okay. Because it brought up so many things in my past. From my whole life. And I realized, Yo, I need to deal with this right now. You see, even, even like in these circumstances, this is what the cross brought out for me. I had to deal with so many things. I just started crying in bed immediately and worked through it for the next couple of weeks. Everybody you bump into at the box say, did you pass the exam? You're like, no, all the feelings come back up. And you walk back and you have to deal with it again. And next day you walk in, bump into someone, did you pass? No, all the feelings come back up. So everything just popped up from childhood. So I started dealing and working through this. And guess what? Someone came to me and they said, listen, we feel to give you a second chance. We're going to pay so you rewrite. I'm like, no please don't. You don't understand this. (laughs) I wasn't laughing at the time, but now it's funny. It's $150 to rewrite. And I'm like, no, don't want to do this. I've already wasted someone else's money because that's how I feel. You see, another thing of me that if you get to know me, that's something I really deal with is I like to please people. That's also something the cross brings up in my life because if I, I cannot please everybody, but I try and sometimes It's detrimental to me and my family and to relationships around me. You cannot please everybody. It's not good to be a people pleaser. Anyway, because sometimes you'll say yes to things you should have said no to. Free tip right there. Okay, so here we go. So this guy says, no, we pay for you again. Guess what? Eight months after I wrote the first one, I go, I write the second one. I failed again. Because I knew, you know, I I don't want to say I knew I was going to fail. I really tried harder this time. I did everything. Got the same exam. I failed the same exam. Now I have to go back and again go to the people I've disappointed just now again. But this time, listen, here's where the testimony comes in. This time someone said to me, how was your reaction this time to the previous time? And I sat back and I thought, wow, that's actually something. My reaction was different. The previous time, there was a lot of things that came up that I needed to deal with. This time, it was different. I was stronger. Excuse me. And it's only because I allowed, I welcomed what the cross brought out in that time. And I thought, wow, that is really cool. So I wrote the second exam. I felt it again. Different. Guess what? Someone said to me, are you writing a third time? I'm like, not at all. You know, It costs too much money. And he says, if we take the money out of the equation, would you write? I'm like, I need to pray about this, people. <laughs> I don't just do this. End of the day, I felt God said, give it everything. I'm like, okay, I'll give it everything. I wrote the third time. It was recently. Hey, I failed again. Third time failing it. And I'm like, my goodness. This time it was a different exam, so I can't blame the first exam. But I failed it three times. You know what's interesting? When I speak to the guys that knows the book, they tell me, but you living this book. If we ask you any question that's in the book, you answer us according to the pages. But I cannot bring the questions to the answers in the exam. And I had to sit down with the Lord and I said, what now? But in all of this, if I look back, things were brought up in my life that I really, really needed to deal with from childhood. And I can promise you now, if someone now says to me, listen, Gideon, there's an exam coming up. I'm going to look at them, but I'm going to embrace this exam because you become stronger. I'm not scared of, even if I fail, I'm not scared of exams anymore. I'm not scared of studying In this past year, I've learned again how to study what makes me tick and how to get information into me. And that's something that when I read this, that's why I say this point for me, take up your cross. When this guy, when I I was reading, I was reading through a lot of commentaries. And when he said it's shame, humiliation, welcome the cross, all these things. Because if you deal with them right, you become a better disciple. And I want to encourage you, I don't know what you're going through tonight and what things you are facing. Embrace it. We're all facing a lot of hardships. I want to ask you to embrace it. Because God will come through for you. He is a good, good father. You see, the world says the following. They say, escape it. They say if things come against you, run away from it. Or they say strike back. But kingdom says, take up your cross. The situation will bring you to me if you deny yourself. Final point, step three. So step one, deny yourself. Step two, take up your cross. Step three, follow me. Mike prayed it in the pre-service prayer. He prayed, Lord, let us become followers of you. Let us follow you. And I was so happy when he prayed it because you know what, when it says, follow me, what it actually means? It's obedience. If Jesus Christ says, follow me, it means you need to take a step of obedience and follow me and become a Christ follower. Before the cross, it was disobedience. So I take it the the big word before the cross was we were in disobedience. People were disobedient. But if you accept Jesus as your king and savior and you follow him, then the next big thing to do is to be obedient. Am I right? So if Jesus baptized himself as a believer, if he believed that it was necessary for him to be baptized, then I also should be baptized. If Jesus thought it was necessary for us to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, then as a follower of Christ, I should be baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? All these things, now I'm a follower of Christ, I need to be obedient. Follow me, Jesus said. We have to be obedient. If you say you're a Christian, then you should follow Jesus. If you don't, as a Christian, be a follower of Christ, a disciple, you're disobedient. So coming back to the question earlier tonight, can I be a Christian and a disciple? I believe you can be a Christian and go to heaven. But if you're a Christian and you're not a disciple and making other disciples, then you're disobedient. And that's a hard thing to hear, but I believe it with my whole heart. I need to be obedient and choose what Jesus said and do what Jesus did. Interesting, Jesus' followers do the following. We love our enemies. We pray for those who offend us. We're kind to people and we carry each other's burdens. In this week, who has carried your burdens? In this week, whose burdens have you carried Follow me. These are present continuous tenses in the Greek, which means follow me is not a once off thing, it's a continuous thing that needs to happen. I need to continuously follow, follow, follow Jesus and do what Jesus did and what Jesus said. So I want to encourage us tonight with these three steps Deny yourself, not your humanity. Deny yourself. Take up your cross, follow Jesus. And in following Jesus, be obedient to whatever he leads and guides you to do. Amen. Amen. Let's pray for us. Father, thank you that you have called us. If we didn't know what's our calling, here it is. You have called us to be your disciples. You have called us to be in relationship with you. I pray, Lord, as we walk out of here that there might have been some things that come up inside of us, some things that will challenge us. But I pray, Father, that we will embrace what you have for us, to be your disciple. Lord, I'm encouraged to go and to follow you, wherever you may lead. And I pray for everybody here, wherever they are led by you, whether it's back to work tomorrow, whether it's in a new position, whether it's at university, that at wherever they are, they will be your disciple. And in being the disciple, go and make disciples. We thank you, Lord, that you help us and give us peace in this world to endure whatever comes our way. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.